A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Judith Lewis. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I loved the melodic introduction. Brilliant. Well, it's been two years. You were on the podcast two years ago in SEL Camp. That was one of probably about the 20th episode. You got the song then. Uh, That's but it was, true. You know, maybe less well sung. Have I got better? Well, you know, it's less ambient noise, let's say. So it's clearer and easier to hear. Well, I've now sung that song probably about 400 times. So I, if I haven't got better, I'm pretty rubbish uh, after <laughs> practicing for quite that long. Um, we're going to start with uh, your brand SERP. We always start with the brand SERP. And Judith Lewis, you told me a couple of years ago already that Judy Lewis uh, appeared on your brand SERP. So I had to show that. But you actually do a very good job because down there, your Twitter boxes are floating pretty much above the fold, uh, which is delightful. So you do get your place, despite the fact that she is, I think it was Clark Gable and some, who was it? Loretta somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of she's got this incredible relationship in the knowledge graph with these incredibly famous people. So it's very easy for Google to bring her up. You get your spot on the left-hand side. If we show the next screen, if you go to the bottom, it shows Judith Lewis SEO, so it understands that you are an alternative uh, Judith, Judith Lewis or Judy Lewis um, from the SEO community. And when we do that, you absolutely dominate with a great deal of content, which makes total sense. So if somebody has an ambiguous name or a famous person with the same name, uh, one of the tricks is to add something to your name, such as SEO or your middle initial, and that tends to clear things up and encourage people to search for you by that handle. And then if we look on the next slide, um, there is a really interesting kind of thing going on in the um, mm. search box at the top. Uh, I wanted to show this not particularly because it's you, but because it shows how rich this is getting. You've got the people also asked, you've got the different entities, and that top box is getting very rich. And that's something we're all going to have to start dealing with at some point, whether we like it or not. Brilliant. Very Wonderful. True. And this is the game I play all day long is looking at this stuff, and I love it. Um, before we get going, really quickly, just an announcement. My super-duper animations, I'm having a lot of fun doing that with uh, software I found the other day. If we can put that on, Anton, it's uh, the – there you go. The Ooh. live presentation. Join me every week, every Tuesday, strangely enough, on CaliCube Tuesdays, as the name suggests. Some mm. of the great guests over there on the left – as always, this is produced in partnership with WordLift, uh, who have been with us since the very beginning of CaliCube Tuesdays. They are an AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy lifting for you. Brilliant, wonderful, and that's a delightful piece of uh, partnership sponsorship going on. So on with the show, Judith. We're talking about link building. As we always do. I, I get often pigeonholed into very specific boxes. I've been doing this over 25 years now. So at the moment, I'm, I'm comfortably sitting in my link building box because a lot yeah. of people don't like talking about that for some reason. And I guess I'm old enough and jaded enough to speak about it honestly and truthfully and to tell people the facts about link building without sugarcoating it or trying to sell anybody anything. Right, which is why you say that before you go ahead and throw yourself into the link building game, listen to this podcast, this event first, because you give it straight down the aisle, don't know if that's the right term, with no BS. Um, 
And we're going to get going with, because we've obviously we've got the black hat, we've got the white hat, and we've got the gray hat and everything in between, all the nuances down there. Um, what do you want to start with, black hat, white hat, or gray hat? I think that every every type of link building is going to be at least gray hat. It's very mm. difficult to do white hat link building. White hat link building, you know, it's just kind of pray. Just kind of sit there and hope. Because if you ask for... Oh, I for, thought you meant pray like a lion. Yeah. <laughs> But it's actually pray as in hope for the best. <laughs> Everyone is my prey. <laughs> pray as in hope for the best, yes. Right, so um, white hat link building doesn't exist. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that it's incredibly difficult to do. Because what you're doing is creating content. And you might be emailing or tweeting or even PPC using PPC to raise awareness of it, but you're right. not actually going out there and asking for the link. The moment you ask for the link, it becomes gray hat because it's no longer editorially given. I've got a client who gained a link from the Daily Mail uh, that right. we didn't realize. All it was was because they found the product useful. That is <laughs> white hat to the extreme. Didn't know it was coming. Didn't know it was happening. It just happened. It was glorious and wonderful and, you know, sort of, you know, hot at the same time. But <laughs> that's white hat. And we get very few like that. Mostly it's gray hat. So right. I don't know what Jerry put up as an icon there, but I hope it was a smiley face. Yeah, from, from my perspective, my white hat and hello, Jerry, thank you for joining us, uh, is that I, I do the podcast, I do the Caddy Cube Tuesday series, and I found that I get links without asking for them. They come naturally. I'm feeling that's white hat. But I don't ever not ask for one if I have the opportunity. If somebody says, I'm going to be talking about you, I will say, you know, could you add a link in there? Um, so I'm immediately gray hat there. Is that really that cheaty? Um, it's not that it's cheaty. It's that you have now specifically asked for a link. And the moment that you ask for a link, it stops becoming something that you've just acquired because of the essence of being your wonderful, wonderful self. And <laughs> we all know that. that you are worth it. You are worth the link. <laughs> But sometimes right. it's a little bit more difficult. And so we, we have to ask. And the moment right. we ask, that's when it starts getting a little grayer because it starts being less editorially given. Now, with you and your wonderful self, if you're not offering anything in exchange, generally that's closer to about the whitest shade of gray that we can go. Right. So there's there's very little whiter than you can get. The, the moment you ask, it tips the balance from white to gray. But if you're not offering compensation, it's still pretty white. What happens to take it further into the gray is when we offer compensation. And by compensation, I don't mean just... Um, right. uh, I don't mean just um, uh, like Not payment. just money. Yeah, yeah, not just money, but also parties or Ooh. loans of cars or... Ooh. Do people um, do that? Oh yeah. Sorry, I mean parties I can get loans of cars. I wouldn't think I wouldn't have thought I if I said to somebody I will loan you my really awful Renault Twingo for a week if you give me a link. That that's the thing that happens. <laughs> Not quite. It would be more like um, Mercedes Benz um, <laughs> doing something like uh, lending you a car for a week, and then um, you know saying it would be great if you would review it and maybe include a link. Right. Um, okay. So that's the kind of thing that we're uh, doing uh, th that can be classed as as darker gray. Um, I, 
it's most commonly we think of it as money, but it's payment in kind. So if you've been sent, I'm trying to look around my room, candy kittens. So oh, if you've been it. sent some free candy kittens, I love them. The blood orange and pomegranate are a particular favorite. But if you've been sent oh. some candy kittens and asked to review them, that is payment um, for that review. Yeah. So not only do you have to disclose that in your review, if you give them a link, mm, could be tipping over into the edge of a very cheap but still paid link. Right. Okay. I mean, it's it's anything that you exchange. You can't. I mean, it can also be an exchange link in the sense of I say to you, you link to my podcast, and I will link to your client or your website or whatever it is. Um, I mean, link exchanges were terribly popular. I mean, you've been in the industry for 25 years, and so have I. And I remember right back at the beginning, link exchange platforms were all the rage, and it was all totally above board because links weren't necessarily that important at the beginning, and mm. it certainly wasn't trackable or detectable. Um, and that's totally changed. Now, there's the question. How much, I mean, we probably come to this later on, but to what extent can Google actually figure this out, and to what extent is it bluffing? Or are they bluffing when they say, we know who you are? <laughs> well, um, I, I don't want to put words in Google's mouth because I think it's um, unfair. It's yeah. not that um, they can't figure it out. It's where the processing power is best mm. leveraged. So is it best to leverage the processing power in finding the occasional paid link based on connecting a, a, oh, yeah. a some sort of a disclosure, vague disclosure and um, and and product, or does it behoove them better to look for patterns where a private blog network, a, a series of websites have been used specifically to target increasing the rankings of a specific uh, company. And I think that their algorithmic efforts are better for the automated automated spam type than if a fellow blogger is sent um, for a restaurant review and asked for a link while they're there doing the review. I go to lots of bars and restaurant reviews. Chocolate gets launched. It gets sent to me all the time. And I have to admit, I can get a little lazy about putting a no follow on the link, mainly because if I'm not asked for the link and I write about it, to my, to my mind, it's my disclosure. I have to disclose I've been paid but if i give them a link or not it's up to me and i've already yeah. disclosed that i've been paid for it but if somebody likes what i've just written about surely i should make it easier on them than having them have to hike over to google and easier on me than having to put a no follow um attribute on everything so i'm lazy don't do what i do on my blog <laughs> but if you are paid in kind, technically, Google does ask that you do a no-follow on the link because they don't want you passing authority. And I have removed blog posts where I've been asked to add a link. So not only do I not add the link, I remove the blog post. Don't ask Why? for links. Because I'm like that. I'm evil. All right. I'm, no, I, red. I'm evil. Yeah, no, I get, I mean, even even I, uh, with my kind of little website in my little corner doing my experiments, I, I now I'm receiving uh, emails saying, could you please put a link from your website to ours because we are, and what I don't understand, paid in chocolate, <laughs> this is Anton for the, for the audio listeners, putting paid in chocolate, Judith Lewis is incredibly famous for loving chocolate, so Paid in chocolate would be very appropriate here. Um, <laughs> paid in, is paid they, in kind, got to know, follow that link. But yeah, and sorry, just when somebody says to me, can you put a link from your page to mine? 
something in me, and this is really naughty, says, what do I get for this? Mm. So yeah. I'm immediately thinking, what do I get in exchange? But that's also because I hadn't thought about it. I don't know who they are. I'm not interested in them. And then you kind of say, well, you're going to have to give me something if you want the link. Obviously, I never give them. Um, not, not, not in that kind of sense. I mean, if somebody, if, if uh, when, when I'm talking about WordLift, I will put a link in. But that seems to me logical. Um, mm. So is it, what's the line there? Because they partner with this program. Is that a paid link? Is it a sponsored link? I should be tagging that for Google or I'm really naughty. Or can I say I actually really like them? So the link is also partially from the heart. Yeah, I think that those are the links that are not well served by Google trying to go after them algorithmically, because right. it is kind of by the heart. And, you know, in my case on my blog, yes, I get lazy and I forget to no follow links, but I'm not a volume blogger. I'm not working on my blog game in order to make my blog valuable for uh, ranking in Google. That's not right. my purpose. But I, I had a client who I love because they paid me to do an analysis on a competitor's link profile. That competitor had a really beautiful backlink profile. And when I say beautiful, I'm talking from the black hat side of my life. It was oh, a right. beautiful, gorgeous, giant PBN. It was a thing of absolute stunning beauty. And the only reason why I figured it out is my little brother my younger brother is a mathematician from U, U of T and randomly one of the websites that I happened to manually check was of a mathematician from the U of T because of my little brother. And I looked at it and I was like, nope, that's not right. In fact, that equation is wrong. And wait a second, let's start digging into this guy because I don't recognize him from my younger brother's graduating class or list of professors. Let's take a look. And I started digging and then that one thread is all it took to unravel it. And the problem is, is not everybody has that. They can't always find that small thread. So Google algorithmically, we need them to be finding those right. small threads algorithmically. That's much more valuable because that was a big black hat um, network. Right. They were utilizing Ooh. it for a lot of sites. Okay, sorry, that's just made me think of multiple things. One of which is the thread, and I've now got this image of uh, Google unraveling a big kind of ball of wool or a woolen pullover like a cat playing with it and pulling on the thread and just the whole thing coming apart like a cartoon. But that's in my own little brain that nobody else can see. Um, the other is that when you say the um, algorithm, the, the, what, what's it called, uh, the mathematical formula was wrong and the person was wrong, all, I mean, they've immediately got the fact-checking or the evaluating the truth in featured snippets, and you've got EAT for the author. So Google's going that way. How far down that line do you think they are to finding that thread as the little pussycat so they can pull the, the, the pullover apart? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, I'm like the kitten of the world. Like, oh, let's just keep picking at this and see how well we can destroy it. Yay! Um, I think that Google is, is a little off my kitten crunching. However, Brilliant. in the case of these websites, I think a number of them could actually have been um, found algorithmically to be low and eat. Now, mm. EAT is so important. I've actually checked this site recently. It's been less than a year. It might just be coming up on a year since I right. did my analysis. And they have removed a lot of those like really dodgy links from that backlink PBN. So I can see what they're doing because I've been tracking them over time. Google can see what they've been doing because Google has been tracking them over time. So what they've been doing is replacing the bad with good. And 
good on them. They're they're working on improving their site, but the well, way they got there in the first place to make the money to build the links is by having this PBN in place. So the black hat me, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was a thing of beauty. But hmm. please, when you do things like this, the reason it worked was because they were exceptionally careful with the way they built and they were exceptionally hmm. careful with the way they executed. And now they have been exceptionally careful in the way that they have replaced good with bad by building good content that has been linked to from relevant websites. Which brings me to another question. Is it really possible to turn a PBN into a, a white hat thing of beauty? It is never, ever, ever possible to take a PBN and turn it into a white hat thing of beauty, ever. But this one website was able to take the strength they had gained from the PBN and build on it to build a white hat or more white hat thing of beauty. They're still a great, a great buying hat, links. Yeah. They're right. still buying links. They're still getting links through building content and then pushing it out with incentives. But they're building good, useful content that is actually quite valuable. And, you know, it, it is in some cases the only place where you can find consolidated information in this niche. So good on them. They've, right. they've done a great job. Yeah. But they got there and were able to afford it through the PBN. Yeah. But it's dangerous. Okay. Brilliant. So the PBN route is from what I understand then, something where you're always going to be running with the algorithm behind you trying to stay one step ahead. And that is going to be increasingly difficult. You think Google will put the means behind that to <laughs> to, to to track you and to chase you? Um, so it's something that isn't sustainable or something that is sustainable? Is a PBN a ticking time bomb? I yes, think that question. it is a good PBN, a proper PBN, something that you're using well, is something that you can actually use um, if you if you run it well and build it well. And I know I don't know if I'm allowed to say like I know Irish Wonder, but builds amazing mm -hmm. PBNs. But her PBNs would be used for one purpose and one purpose only. You would not cool. be able to buy a link on her PBN. So that's the key: is you have to use a private blog network privately. <laughs> and they can work and they can be sustainable, especially because you're still building useful content on those sites. They'll end up gaining links because you have to throw links to them. Those links that, that are pointing to them will over time become stronger than the link that is pointing to the money site becomes stronger. So over time, PBNs can be very, very, very effective. They are still gray hat and they're very expensive. But if I was selling luxury cars or if I had a casino site or something like that, that's where I'd be putting my money. Right. Ooh, ooh, that's incredibly, um, what's the word, informative. And for, well, from my perspective, I don't dig down into this stuff very much. That's a really interesting perspective for me. But next question then is the data, because you talked about data. Now, yes. Link building using data. I mean, generally speaking, people think about, or I would think about um, creating great content, the links will come, or going out and asking people one by one or on the off chance that they might possibly give me a link, or asking my mates, or going to conferences and batting my eyelids at people in the hope that they will think that I'm such a charming chappy that they will give me a link. But I should be using data from what I understand. You are a charming chappy and at any conference that you flutter your eyelids at someone i am sure they will give you a link um yeah. i i used to use chocolate if you if you go Ooh. back in the archives you look for chalk bait i copied todd malicott's 
drink bait and I brought chocolate and bribed people Brilliant. with chocolate. Not just for links, just for fun. But it is <laughs> it was my first foray into buying links is buying them with chocolate. I so, love that. <laughs> Time. No, 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 sorry. I, I wish I could copy it, but it's too late. Um, it's like um, uh, crawling Mondays. I couldn't call it Cali Cube Mondays. I had to be Cali Cube Tuesdays because the lady's always on, already on the Monday. And I'm just waiting for somebody to do something Wednesdays next. But, uh, <laughs> then Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, then it's over and the whole concept is out the window. But back to uh, Chockbait, which yeah, I can't so copy. You can copy. Anyone can copy Chockbait. Giving away chocolate at conferences is nothing new. I now do it in exchange for questions. So I bribe my audience oh. with chocolate to get questions because then they actually pay attention to you. But yes, yeah, so oh. if you go to a conference and bat your eyelids or give away chocolate and ask for a link, that's probably low on Google's priorities of what to bust. <laughs> and you absolutely could. And it isn't an effective way, but it is one way of doing it, especially. So I do love the way you slipped. It isn't an effective way into the middle of that sentence. And <laughs> point taken very much. Well, it for building lots of links that will get you lots of money, because of course, you've got a new book, and you need to sell copies <laughs> of your book. So we need to make sure that you get lots of links to your yep. website so that you can sell your book, which looks absolutely fabulous. We are, of course, themed for your book. Yes. Oh, red, 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 Being everything red. red. Mm. And I, I have to say, Judith, that was the most beautiful um, getting the book into the conversation because before this started, I said I'd probably forget if you could possibly drop it into the conversation, that would be appreciated. And Judith did it with such style and grace. I bow <laughs> to your, your genius with that. So on to data. And um, very effective you, way of, of getting of getting your book out there too. You could give it to people in, in exchange for a link. But if you were using data, and data is for when you're not at a conference giving away chocolate or books, right. data is a great way of actually identifying valuable links. Now, one of the things I do with clients is we build internal groups of people who we reach out to regularly in order to... Um, in order to get them to write things for us and we compensate them for their time and effort. So we like to um, compensate people because they're not paid by a publisher. Um, they're, they're doing this themselves. So um, I do bribe people with chocolate for fun. But um, I use data to find the people who should be in the network because we do give away free things to them. We don't just pay them for their time. Now, I like to look at the type of site that they're running. How many keywords do they rank for? Are they relevant to the client? Are the keywords that they rank for relevant? So my main metric is what are the possibilities of me selling stuff to the people who see a link on this blogger or this company's website? If it's high, then I'd like the link, please. And I'd like to work with you over time mm. because your audience is attuned to mine. If it's not, thank you very much. I realize you have a DA of a hundred thousand million trillion billion, but <laughs> you're not the right person for us. And I do appreciate the effort, but you know, maybe somebody who you, are more aligned with. So if a mummy blogger ranks for more Slimming World articles than they do for chocolate, they're not going to be right for my chocolate client, but they're going to be great for if I have a diet client or a Slimming World-based client, something like that. Absolutely fantastic. So I, I use SEMrush for this. I'm sure AHRS works as well, um, but I use SEMrush for this and I go in and I look at what keywords are ranking for, how many keywords they are ranking for, how long 
have they been around and ranking for keywords? If there's been a massive jump, I'm going to be suspicious. I also look at the uh, number of links into their site on Ahrefs Majestic. Majestic is very important and SEMrush. And um, I keep seeing SEMrush flashing up on the screen. I can't imagine why. Um, For for the audio audience, this is Anton who keeps flashing things up on the screen. Either they make Judith laugh or, oh, they make Judith laugh. So apparently Anton's (laughs) funny today. Brilliant. So, yeah, you you look at the – but you do it individual site by individual individual uh, site looking at the data. If you use URL profiler before the API lockout, you could pull everything in using URL profiler. Now I use URL profiler to get people's data, like their email address or the contact us page or whatever, but I also have to do a lot manually. So I do a lot of manual checks in right. SEMrush. And like I said, Ahrefs is also uh, uh, somewhere that you can get data from. Uh, and I, I just look because nothing compares to <laughs> a, a good old fashioned SEMrush check. And um, it's very easy and it only takes five minutes of my time um, or less. It takes 30 seconds per site. If I have them all lined up, copy, paste, copy, paste. And I just take a blank browser, open it all up, check them all out. And then I start working with them and paying them for their time, not for the link. The key is if you can get money off of these people, then it's a good link. I've, I've, compensated i've had clients compensated through sales multiple times over because we mm. chose the right bloggers we paid 150 200 pounds for the article that was written with it which contained a link but we sold a thousand pounds off the back of that article yeah. because it's the right audience and and this is the essence because people will talk about topicality topical alignment what it comes down to is if the audience is in the right topic mm. and that link is in the right kind of content You'll make money right. off of that link. It doesn't matter whether you've played, paid to place or not. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the idea of you're getting the link for the link for the business that that link will bring. And Google is a bonus uh, if you happen to get in. If you don't, it doesn't really matter, um, yeah. which, which I love. And when you said data, I thought it was going to be masses of data with Python scripts. And I was thinking of Corey Gabor, who was going into his Python things and, and bring it up. And it's not. It's actually just saying more human scale, which I much appreciate. Um, I'm going to check, and then I'm going to use the data in these platforms, which is accessible to anybody. Yes. And use my human intelligence and intuition to understand. Then the next question was about the network and the community you're building. I mean, you're 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 going out there and you're saying, well, I'm going to create a relationship with these people. Um, what form does that take? Is I mean, you're working for clients, so the client is with a limited lifetime. So you're building a network for them and then giving them the network. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I work with them to help them build the network and then they keep it going. So they need to keep it up. And we have a strategy of, of ways, a different, so we have a strategy, which includes different ways of engaging with the network in order to make sure that it stays going. So we, we like to make sure that we're emailing them regularly. So MailChimp's an important part of that or eye contact. Ooh, I just signed up for MailChimp. Contact. There you Sorry, go. excuse me. I signed up for Mailchimp, and it's really good. And I'm not being paid to say this. I was with Mailchimp because they were my client. They fired me two years ago, unfortunately. And it's taken me two years to actually move to Mailchimp, and it's about a thousand times better. And I was sticking with Mailchimp because I had some kind of, uh, I don't know, sense of loyalty to them. Why on earth did I have sense of loyalty to a client who'd fired me two years ago? Mailchimp, they're great, and I didn't get paid for that. Sorry, please do go on. <laughs> 
There you go. White hat link building almost, except that it was verbal in a podcast. Almost. Very close. If you have a um, if you have a text-based transcript of this on a website, then make sure to include a link to MailChimp.com. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I think we'll probably get this written up, so they probably will get a link. And so Ooh. all they did to get the link was have a better service than MailJet, which apparently isn't very difficult. Now I've changed. Anyway, mm. um, won't, won't be giving a link to MailJet, but I'm going to stop dissing them because that was really rude and naughty of me. Uh, <laughs> just finishing off with the network, because what I like about this is we've moved through an entire process, and it's probably your process, and you probably led me through it like a, a, an innocent child through the woods, as it were. Um, but the, the idea of the network is saying I can build a network of people with whom I'm working where links will come naturally even over time. It isn't just a one-off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what we do with the network is we actually offer them uh, giveaways for their network. So if we have a product that has a price point that is reasonable, like obviously not an Aston Martin, but if we have a product that has a price point that is reasonable, what we'll also do in addition to compensating them for their time when they write articles with us, we do it on about a six-month cadence, um, is we will also give away products, one for them to keep and one for them to give away to their network, which is fair because they get to keep it and try it. If they don't like it, yeah. they don't have to give it away. They can junk, junk it, give it to a friend. Um, if they do like it, then they can do a contest. They can make a, a donation. They can run a raffle, whatever. We don't restrict what they do with it, but it does keep them engaged with the network. Uh, for somebody who has a more expensive price board or for like a supplement provider, where it's a little more complicated, it's much better to keep them engaged by helping them understand what's going on inside of the business, sharing articles with them, helping them through their own journeys uh, using supplements so that you're giving them free support on their own journey, but also then keeping them in the network and paying them for their time in building an article when it's time for you to do some outreach. And they've reached the six months since Ooh. the last time they did an article, as long as they're still aligned with the topic. So if they've gone from talking about whatever the supplement was for, bodybuilding, health, recovering from mastectomy, whatever, if they've gone from that topic and they're ranking for other things now, you have to reevaluate whether they're right. And also we check what links, sorry, what clicks we get from that link. So we actually yeah. get them to encode a weird, a weird word that we give them on their on their link so that we can watch the traffic coming in from their link. If they send nothing, and I mean, they didn't even click their own link. If they send <laughs> nothing to the website, to the target, then they don't get used ever again. If they Brilliant. send at least one, which could be them clicking their own link, then they stay in the network. That that's, uh, just reminds me of the political candidates who don't even bother voting for themselves, um, which which is delightful. But what you've just described for me is marketing, uh, intelligent marketing using data, which will bring, build links, which is an absolutely delightful way to wrap up the show. Thank you so much, Judith. That was a delightful discussion, and I got a lot from it, and I'm going to go and steal all your ideas and start using them on CaliCube. Um, we're going to announce next week now, please, Anton, if we can. We're going to have Ian Anderson Gray, who's a delightful, chirpy, cheerful chappy who knows lots of stuff about lots of stuff, including live shows for rec recovering perfectionists. I love talking to him. That's going to be brilliant. He's a great performer, and he really knows how to explain how to get through the, the the problems of being a perfectionist. I know it's going to be wonderful. Judith, can you pass the baton, please? 
Absolutely. I love Ian Anderson Gray. I actually was at a conference with him um, and and he showed up very late with his mic because he is maybe too much of a perfectionist. He was making sure his slides were absolutely perfect. But I know I've made mistakes during this live broadcast. And so I can understand how frustrating it would be for someone who's a perfectionist to do a live broadcast. So we all need a little bit more Ian and his information on recovering on uh, there you go confident live marketing academy stuff for recovering perfectionists which we all have to be brilliant wonderful that was a delightful presentation and passing the baton thank you so much judith thank you everyone for watching thank you jerry for turning up thank you paul andre for turning up absolutely wonderful a quick goodbye to end the show thank you judith Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me.